Amen. As you guys are here on Sunday, you're uh, very right. We are back in action to the rise of what's that? Voodoo. Vampires. Trying to rise as fast as I can. And the rise of what? Of, no, demon worship. And that's good enough for me. That's right. So anyway, and that's right, because it's been a, quite the detour. So it's a, let's take a little bit of a uh, little recap here. The first thing we saw, of course, was the existence of demons. Good thing that's just a figment of our imagination. No, they actually are real, contrary to popular opinion. The second thing that we took a look at was the character of demons. They're out there to help us and, and tickle us and give us a great day. Are you kidding me? They're just as evil as Satan is, and they're out there to cause destruction uh, wherever we go. Then we took a look at the third thing, and that was the tactic of demons. The Bible not only talks about demons, Old and New Testament, God doesn't leave us hanging high and dry. He tells us exactly how they're going to come at us, where they're going to come at us, and how do we need to react and all that stuff. So we dealt with that aspect. And then the last five times in our study, we saw the history, okay, the history of uh, demon worship. And basically what we're talking about is the rise of this thing. This is the term, but basically we need to equate it for what it is. It's demon worship, demon contact, seeking truth from demons, okay? It's called spiritualism. Okay, so how in the world do we get in this mess a, in the United States of America? And it's all over the world. It's not just here, unfortunately. But how do we get in this mess historically? How do we get to the point where demons are not just infiltrating the world, but even the church? So that's where we took a look at our history study the last uh, five times. We saw, first of all, start with these guys called the Romantics. And that's not that 80s cool group. Okay, that is uh, the Romantics was a group of intellectuals that came along and they basically not only rejected God, rejected Christianity, rejected the Bible. Okay, in the 1700s, but they also began to say that, hey, those Christians got it wrong. Satan is a good guy, right? And he's here to lead us into a new age. If we listen to him, he'll bring peace to the planet and a one world government, blah, blah, blah. And that actually led off into Satanism, but it's also a big part of this as well. So that kind of got uh, that started. Then it led to this movement. It was called the rationalists. Okay. And the rationalists were basically says, no, 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 we don't seek truth from the Bible. And what you're going to see is the reason why people fall for this, any error is because they get off the scripture. Right? This is the only book on the planet that tells you the truth, certainly about spiritual things. Right? You stick with this book, you can't be deceived. Well, that's what the enemy wants. He wants to deceive everybody, so he gets everybody off this book. So here comes this movement called the rationalists, and they said, oh, no, we don't seek truth by this book anymore. We seek it by our brain. Right? We figure out truth by our brain. That was followed up by this movement, the empiricist, empiricism. And they said, no, 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 you don't seek truth by this book. You don't seek it by your brain. It's your emotions, your experience. And that is huge in the church today. We'll see that again here shortly. Okay? And then that led to this lie. The evolution came along, as you can see on there. And that further got people to doubt God's word as the ultimate source of truth. Okay? And what that did is led to spiritualism as a movement. Now, again, what do I mean by spiritualism? It's what? Seeking truth from demons. That's the fancy word for it. They call it spiritualism. It's seeking truth from demons. Demons, okay? Because that's what they're doing. Seances, cards, all these other practices. And you might hear a voice and all that stuff, but guess what you're talking to? It ain't Aunt Vera. It's not Abraham Lincoln. It's a demon. So they're seeking truth and guidance from demons. It's called spiritualism. But that led to this, okay? Because I don't care how much you teach the live evolution that we came from the goo to the zoo to me and you. All of us know inherently 
that there's got to be more to life. So that's what people did. They rejected that still to this day, and they know that there's got to be something out there. Unfortunately, here comes Satan with another counterfeit, spiritualism, and people started going down that route. Then they began to seek, again, truth beyond the grave, and then it started to be combined in a couple different aspects. And again, we're just doing a recap on our history section because we've been on our detour. This gave rise to secular psychology. Secular psychology came along and says, no, 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 we do not uh, seek truth in the Bible, right? Uh, what we do is we need to use man's brain and man's experience to figure out man's brain and man's experience, combined with spiritualism, demon worship, okay? And it's still going on to this day, okay? Uh, and that was, of course, with Sigmund Freud, who said that the idea of God was made up by our forefathers just to cope with life. He was an atheist. He was a cocaine addict and a promoter of cocaine. He was severely addicted to nicotine, 20 cigars a day, which eventually killed him and things of that nature. Okay, that was bad enough. It was followed up by this guy, Carl Jung. Carl Jung, I'm convinced, was demon-possessed. He admitted that his writings were coming from several different demons, okay, spirits, because he was into seances and spiritual. This is where he got his inspiration. I'm supposed to listen to him over the Bible? It's nuts, folks, is what's going on. And this has crept into the churches like... Ugh, it's just horrible. Then it led to this guy. Spiritualism was not just a secular psychology treatment methodology. It became uh, become a religion. And that's with this guy, Alan Kardec. He really began to spread spiritualism. Again, what's that? Seeking truth from demons. Okay. In Europe and across the world. Okay. Uh, he launched this thing. It's called the International Spiritualist Council. Okay. 35 different countries. And then it hopped the pond and came here to America with these ladies, the Fox Sisters. Okay, the Fox sisters really began to popularize spiritualism, seeking truth from demons, all that stuff here in America on a massive scale. They were the rock stars of the occult in America back in the day. And not only across America, but specifically to the White House. We saw that uh, it started with Jane Pierce with the death of her son, and she began to seek truth from seances to be able to speak to her son. This is in the White House. And not only from her, it, and once it came in with her, uh, it never left. Okay, uh, and when Trump said we need to drain the swamp, he forgot one word, the occult swamp. Okay, because after Jane Pierce, Mary Todd Lincoln was huge into seances and the occult because, again, she lost a child. And the Fox sisters come in here. We can speak to your dad. So all this occult activity actually got invited into our government, to the White House. It didn't leave. Then even recent days, Nancy Reagan, just to be fair, Democrat, Republican, a lot of them are just steeped into the occult. She was huge into uh, the occult. So was a shocker, Hillary Clinton. Uh, uh, admittedly uh, involved in witchcraft and things of nature. Bush family, Bush family, if we ever get that far into secret societies, they're part of the Skull and Bone Society. That is nothing you want to mess with. Uh, then, of course, the Obamas, need I say any more with that picture? That was not a good eight years, uh, if you remember that. Then came what I call the aberration. Uh, you had the Trump uh, years there who warned us of this uh, swamp. And now we're back to Sleepy Joe. Uh, Sleepy Joe. And, uh, of course, who is he appointing? He's appointing people who are involved in the occult and promoting things of that nature. Do you think it's a, by chance? So now it's all back, and that's what we're dealing with. Then we saw spiritualism, i.e. contact with demons, uh, began to spread not only in the White House and government to the average Joe, starting with this lady, Cora L.D. Scott, then uh, this lady, Ashka Spraying, and then this guy, Pascal Beverly Randolph. All three got into a trans-like state, an altered state of consciousness, so spirits could speak through them to tell the truth. And what's the problem with that? Number one, I don't care what voice comes through. That's not who it says it is. It's a demon, and it's all the rage to encourage people to seek truth where? Not from here, but from spiritual. Call spiritualism all you want. Now, because anybody catch on, why would they, 
really push this term spiritualism so much? Well, because if you say, hey, you want to know truth? Absolutely. I've got to understand the truth about life. All right, let's go talk to demons. Probably a little bit of a turnoff, right? Okay, kind of like this jacket, but don't get distracted, right? Okay, but anyway, so what do you do? You come up with a new term. Make it, oh, spiritualism, right? And that's what's being done uh, today. So they began to do that, to speak, uh, have these spirits speak to them. And then last time, it began to spread even more in there in a couple different realms, okay? Uh, and that was through this club called the Ghost Club, right? And this is where it began to spread in mass across our country through the literary world, the science world, the business world. And that part of the Ghost Club uh, included Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, heavy duty into demon contact and things of that nature. Makes you wonder where he got his inspiration for his book. Speaking of which, so was Charles Dickens. Charles Dickens was part of the Ghost Club and is involved in this occult activity as well. Both of them also wrote a ton of literary books that also dealt with demonic things and things of that nature. Uh, other people in the Ghost Club was also from the scientific community. Pierre and Marie Curie, famous scientists. They were heavy into the occult, spiritualism as well. So was this guy, Thomas Edison. Makes you wonder where he got all his inspiration from. And as we saw, he was so much into it, he even built what he called the spirit phone. He was going not to just build a phone, but a phone that you could actually contact the other side, uh, which obviously, uh, if something came through, that would be a demon. He was also a friend of another inventor who also worked with Edison. That was Henry Ford. Henry Ford was not only a theophysist, which we dealt before in our satanic study, Madame Blavatsky, but he's also a Freemasonist. Uh, and in the, into Freemasonry, which Lord willing, if we ever get there, start at 5,322, uh, we might actually get into Freemasonry as well, expose all that. Uh, but hey, it's a good thing it stopped there. You know, spiritualism, unfortunately, the Fox sisters started it over here. It was already going around the world, and they got it into the White House, the government, the average Joe, the literary world, the scientific world, the business world. And it's a good thing that the church is held strong. I wish I could say that. Sarcasm to make a point. That's right. Uh, no, folks, it's made its world uh, into... Uh, the church as well. You slap some Christianese on all the same kind of demonic behavior and somehow it becomes Christian. That's right. And that's exactly what it's done. It's that simple to unfortunately do people. You know why? Most churches are not here. They're not in the Bible. And they certainly don't want to hear about the devil, demons, anything, spiritual warfare. In fact, I've said this before. Uh, uh, several years ago when I first started these studies, uh, which, by the way, Every time I, we, we deal with the scripture, talking about this, so I'm not making this stuff up. We were supposed to study all the Bible, not some of it, right? But many, many times I had people approach me saying, I refuse to come to those services. I don't want to hear it. What? I'm preaching out of the Bible. I always preach out of the Bible. What are you talking about? Are you saying there's certain parts of the Bible you don't want to get equipped on? What's wrong with you? Is that your approach? That's crazy. And then I wonder who put that thought in your head. Sad, but we've even had to deal with that here uh, at Sunrise, okay? But before we go into that, let's once again remind ourselves, once again, shocker, I get this from the scripture, how is the church supposed to respond to demonic paraphernalia and demonic inputs? Well, let's see what God says. Acts 19, that's our opening text. Go ahead and turn there, Acts 19, and we're going to take a look at how the early church responded to not just demonic behavior, okay, but people who were involved in demonic uh, paraphernalia and practices and things of that nature, and then they got saved. So what do you do? Well, you just keep it around the house. No. And we're going to see how you're supposed to, and it, it rhymes with make a clean break. Again, don't play both sides of the fence. You can't. All right? 
Okay, and let's take a look at that. Acts 19, 13 through 20. I love this passage of scripture. Uh, and here's what it says. Some Jews went around driving out evil spirits, i.e. demons. Okay, I, listen to this. They tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. And they would say, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Now, what's the problem there? The name of Jesus works. If you're experiencing as a Christian uh, demonic warfare, the name of Jesus Christ, bang, deal with it. Uh, every Christian has the authority in that. Not just, oh, I, I, I got to sit here and suffer and only the pastor can come over. and No, you're a Christian just like I am, right? You're going to the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, the authority comes not in us. It's in the name and the authority of Jesus Christ, at whom every knee shall bow, every tongue confess, and whom the name of Jesus Christ, on only his name, that men might be saved. And it's at the name of Jesus Christ, every demon must cower, obey, and flee. You got that authority. But what was the problem with this? Says? Uh, it's Jesus in whom Paul preached. What does that tell you? They weren't saved. They were just using it like it was some abracadabra, some just a little name. So obviously it's not going to work. Because you don't belong to Christ. And that's what you see here, right? It says this, seven sons of Sceva, Jewish priests, they were, they, were, they were doing this. And one day the evil spirit answered them. Watch this. Jesus I know, and I know about Paul, but who are you? You don't ever want to have a demon say that to you. <laughs> right, you're in a heap of trouble, right? And then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. And he gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. Well, when this became known to the Jews and the Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear. And then what? The name of the Lord Jesus was held high in honor. Why? Because at the name of Jesus Christ, you can be delivered. You can be set free even from demonic possession, things of that nature, right? So many of those who believe now come, uh, uh, came and openly confessed their evil deeds. And a number of them who practice what? Witchcraft, sorcery, magic, whatever your translation, right? They're involved in the occult, brought their scrolls together and what? burned them publicly. And when they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. And this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. You bet it did, right? Because finally, you know, God's sending a message that once again, uh, he is more powerful than all the other demons out there, the demonic power, the false religions, false teachers, and all the sorcery and all these gimmicks and gimmickry, right? And then when you mess with that, you get infested with demons, not just outward, but inward. And guess what? Now you're stuck and you're trapped and you're demon-possessed. And But all of a sudden, in the name of Jesus Christ, I can be free? Yeah, what a witness, right? And dare I say, we need that today. Oh, by the way, again, we've dealt with this passage before, but drachmas, the, one drachma was basically uh, one day's wage. So for those of you hooked on math, you're talking about several million dollars worth of paraphernalia that they said, you know what? Burn that stuff. This wasn't like, oh, I just got this at 7-Eleven at the impulse aisle right next to the Snickers. And oh yeah, I could live without it. Several million dollars. They basically said, what's the response? What's, this is our When you come out of the occult or even as a, we're involved in it, as I unfortunately was, and then you get saved, what's the message from God? You can't do both sides of the fence, just like we saw Sunday. You make a what? Clean cut, a clean break at all costs. This is something that naturally happened to me uh, right after I got saved. You guys know my testimony. The very next thing, I was all by myself, and the very next thing I did, the whole next day, I was in the second apartment, uh, second story in this apartment. I was going up and down that, those stairs all day long, getting rid of everything. Nobody gave me a tract. I didn't even read in the Bible. I don't even think I found a copy of the Bible yet. 
I just prayed and received Christ my Savior. I was delivered instantly from drugs and demons, all kinds of rotten stuff. And the next thing I was on my heart was, if you're going to live for Jesus, 100%. And I got rid of it. I didn't have something to burn. I would have burned if I could have. But I got rid of all my occult paraphernalia, everything. It's a natural response, right? And that's what you do. The response is you make a clean break. This shows us no matter what it is, you burn it, no matter what the cost, make a clean break of any and all demonic inputs, okay? Because if anything, you know from experience, been there, done that, it leads to a horrible life, right? So a good thing that the church is doing that. The church, and, and I know some people may think I'm always picking on them, but I, I'm not. Much of the charismatic community is full on dealing with demonic issues. And all they've done is taken demonic practices and they slap Christianese on it. And somehow it makes it okay. No, it's not. And let me give you just a little teaser of some of that demonic behavior. This is a fire tunnel at Bethel Church where you are, well, I think getting the fire anointing, feeling the glory, all of it kind of coming together in a fire tunnel. This is clip 22 at Bethel Church. Okay. It is consistent with their entire view of revelation because they will not prescribe themselves to the fact that the end of the New Testament was the end of divine revelation. So if God is still speaking and still talking and, and most amazingly talking to me and giving me impressions and revelations, then of course who's to say we can't bark and and we can't uh, squirrel around and wiggle and dive and jump and yeah because you know hey revelation's still going on and it's n it's now coming through me uh, so there's no restraint on anything all right this is the international house of prayer this is again mike bickle up in kansas and i want you to see a young lady who visited their ministry for training for equipping and um We'll then try to figure out what's going on here and what's happening to this young lady. This is clip number eight from IHOP. Oh, oh the Lord is so good. Um, just when the awakening broke out, we were made to come here. You were made to come here? Well, not on the Wednesday. We all came because it was our Sabbath. And we were all excited, so we came to see what was going on. And I've never seen anything like this before or even heard about it. And I didn't know that the Lord could work like this. Um, so I you never did this kind of thing before? No. Had you ever seen it before? Mm -mm, no. You've never seen this kind of manifestation of the Holy Spirit that you're now experiencing? Mm, yeah. No. You, ne no, you never had? No. <laughs> oh, yeah. <clears throat> and then... Because you haven't stopped shaking since you've been on the platform. Before the platform, she was sitting over there shaking for the last two hours. Yeah. So this is all, like the last two months, this is brand new to you, what the Lord is doing. Yeah, I grew up in a Methodist church. and So did I, by the way. I grew up in a Methodist so church. So did I. Mm. By the way, at the, uh, at the International House of Prayer, there's a room where they are perpetually praying 24 hours a day. Again... Uh, eschatology involved. Now, you've been mentioning, Dr. MacArthur, the Kundalini uh, part of Hinduism. Andrew Strom happens to be a charismatic, and he put together a 
very concerned expose on what's going on. This is clip number six about Kundalini. Now, this all began with Rodney Howard Brown imparting a new anointing into a bunch of leaders, and they spread it around the world. In fact, it spread like wildfire. How do we know that Rodney Howard Brown had a pure anointing? How do we know it wasn't a kundalini spirit from the beginning? Because it seems absolutely identical to it. Now, one of the very clearest signs of a kundalini awakening has always been these kriyas. You see this woman involved in the New Age movement. She's walking along exhibiting these kriyas happening in voluntary uh, jerking motions. And the staggering thing about it is that we are seeing again and again and again these exact same type of kriyas right through the Toronto movement. This has always been one of the clearest signs of Kundalini that we know of. And then he shows um, the Kundalini cult in India doing the exact same thing. Why? Because it is the exact same thing. But somehow it's okay because we just slap Christianese on it. So this spiritualism, this demonic activity, this demonic input is all over the church. It's not just them, but a large part of it is from the charismatic community. If you want even more than what we're going to see again tonight, then get our 42-week study called Charismatic Chaos, the Untold History of the Charismatic Movement, if you want more. Uh, but unfortunately, this spiritualism, which is what? Demon contact, seeking truth from demon input. Notice the whole thing that they were doing. Was anybody up there preaching a sermon? Does it have anything to do with the Word of God? When you get people off the Word of God, they can be duped, and that's always what the enemy's done. And that's what's happening in this, this aspect. Unfortunately, it didn't stop there. We're going to see now how historically it got into the church, starting with uh, these entities, George Fox and the Quakers. Okay, And their fatal flaw was, get off the Bible, and it started with this phrase. Maybe you've heard it even till to this day. God told me to tell you. Ooh, I always say this. If somebody comes up to you and say, God told me to tell you, run. Because I want God to tell me something. I read this. And that's it. But he also said, God told me to tell you. That was where he started. It's also about experience. Now, these guys, the Quakers, uh, they're also known still to this day, not just Quakers, but the Friends Church. Okay, if you've ever seen those guys out there. Okay, it's the Friends Church, but basically you're talking about the same thing. Uh, And you're talking about this was in the uh, mid-1600s. He passed away about 1691. Okay, George Fox and the Quakers. And uh, so, again, charismatic movement today, they always say it's a new movement of God, a new fresh move, a fresh way of the Spirit. No, it's not. It's just been repackaged for this generation. But even back here, this is how it got over here to America. George Fox, okay, uh, he came over here. He was an English dissenter who founded, again, the, quote, Religious Society of Friends, also known, again, as Quakers or Friends. Uh, He made his first landfall in North America in Maryland, Okay, made extensive travels throughout the American colonies at that time. Again, we're talking mid-1600s, right? Uh, He also uh, developed a convert. Somebody uh, he befriended became a convert of the Quakerism, and that was a guy named William Penn. Now, if that sounds familiar, should be because that's one of our states, where we get Pennsylvania from. So this Quaker guy founded that, Pennsylvania, uh, that we still have today. And I don't know about you, but he sure looks an awful lot like that guy. Uh, the Quaker Oats guy, uh, which is exactly where it comes from. But George Fox, let's go get back to that. George Fox, the original Quaker dude, 
right? Uh, he believed in, quote, man's ability to experience, quote, the light within, right? So again, I need to listen to the light within, not the light of God's word. Do you think that's going to lead to a bad place? Absolutely, 100% of the time, right? So that was the fatal flaw. He also uh, has a whole bunch of unbiblical practices. They also avoid creeds and hierarchical structures. Can I translate that for you? We do not need the Bible and we do not need order. If you, it's the same thing repeated in the charismatic community today, right? Because they say, we don't need doctrine. And I've shared with you the man, I was six months old in the Lord. And it was one of the freakiest things I ever saw. I was six months old in the Lord. I was going to a church, the first church I ever went to. The only reason why I went to the church is because the year before I got saved, uh, my cousin got married there. And I didn't know any churches, so I just went to that one. right? And I kid you not, I was still a brand spanking new Christian. Eight weeks after I got saved, I was in Bible college. And so I'm learning, but I, I still don't know a whole lot about the scripture. But I knew this was wrong. And it was six months after I'd been going to that church. The pastor gets up there. right? He literally has the Bible here on the pulpit. And he says, you know what? We don't need stale, stuffy, you know, sermons anymore. Almost. And he says, I'm just going to let the Spirit of God. I'm not going to prepare anymore. I'm just going to let the Spirit of God tell me what to say. And he literally, I watched him, literally as he was saying that, he set the Bible off to the side. And I didn't know much, but I was a brand spanking new Christian. I'm going, that's wrong. And I never went back. But that's what these guys are. You're getting off the scripture, the spirit within, the light within, all this verbiage. We don't need creeds. We don't need doctrine. We need the spirit of God to move and tell us what to do. That's one of the most dangerous things. Now, they believed in what was called quietism. Okay, quietism. Basically, it to they tolerated, quote, bo this is a direct quote, boisterous behavior that challenged conventional etiquette. In other words, rolling around the floor, doing all kinds of crazy stuff, right? And that's being repeated today. They also... Uh, wrongly elevated contemplation, i.e. stillness, over even vocal prayer. So now you're not only away from the Word of God, right? You just need to sit there and wait for something to happen. Now, we dealt with this before in our New Age study and our Charismatic study, uh, but that was the same heresy that Beth Moore was a part of in the DVD called Be Still. Supposed to be based on Psalm 46.10. Be still and know that I'm God. You just sit there and just contemplate and just wait for God to speak to you. Well, again, if I want God to speak to me, it's right here. You, so that's a heresy. She was a part of that, right? Unfortunately. Uh, uh, Psalm 46.10, by the way, we've dealt with this before. Not to belabor that. Psalm 46.10 is an, an extremely abused verse. Be still and know that I'm a God. It's everywhere. It's on shirts. It's on uh, it, purses. It's on knickknack, paddy wax. Uh, it's on everything, right? And it's, it's a, it, the verse, if you look at the context, the context is God's sovereignty, and God's basically saying, be still and know that I'm God. Shut your mouth. How dare you question me on what I'm going to do? I am God. I am sovereign. You can trust me. That's what that it is. It's not like, be still and be quiet and have a great day. <laughs> it's nuts. Completely ripped out of context. But that's what they do. So they're not only off the word. They're just, okay, I need to just sit there and be still and wait for an experience to happen. So they're not even doing vocal prayer, which is what prayer is supposed to be. Okay, uh, but anyway, it's also to, uh, they believe uh, that you can do this to achieve a, quote, sinless state and even union with the Godhead. Okay, now another thing that the Quakers had was not only what was called quietism, but the role of women. The Quaker women uh, prophesied and preached publicly, uh, and uh, it was bolstered by the movement's concept that spiritual equality among men and women. Well, of course, men and women are equal, right? But God's got different roles for us. It doesn't mean one's better than the other. It just means they're different. 
And one of the different roles that God has that he does not have uh, for women is preaching. Women can teach kids. Women can teach other women and things of that nature. But women are not. The Bible's very clear about it. You can call it cultural, which is not true. It's biblical. Uh, when it comes to male and female, like what I'm doing right now, it's only to be a man. Period. That's what the Bible says. Why are you kicking at it? But that was the big thing. They said, no, the women can do that as well. Universalists, they're also into universalism that basically uh, say that uh, uh, there's many different paths to God. Is that true? And you go, how could they go? How could you sit there and be a Christian and then come out with this? Because guess what you got off of? Bingo. And you're just going by your feelings or this inner light or all this baloney. That's what they're doing, right? Or God told me to tell you. Uh, Non-Christian religious experiences, they say, are just as valid as Christian understanding. So basically, I'll take truths from all different religions, blah, blah, blah. They even have non-theists. They, there's uh, even the Quakers today. They got atheists, agnostics, humanists, uh, but they like uh, being a part of this religious organization. Their theology is based on their, quote, experience of God. It's the same thing that's being done today, experience of God. That's how I develop theology. No, I develop theology, theos lagos, God, understanding God, by what God tells me about God. I think he knows who he is, right? Uh, I don't make it up based on a feeling. Their worship, they got two types of worship. One's called programmed worship. Okay, there might be a biblical message or at least something resembling one. But it's really about unprogrammed worship is the other form. It's also known as waiting worship or silent worship. And they gather together and, quote, expecting, waiting upon God to experience his, quote, still small voice leading them from within. There is no plan on how the meeting will proceed and practices vary widely uh, between meetings and individual worship services. Friends believe that God plans what will happen and the spirit will cause uh, uh, people to speak. What does that sound like? That's a charismatic church service. If you've ever been to one, it's basically extremely low on this, if at all this. Or if it is this, it's just typically twisting the scripture to reinforce what they're doing. But the whole point basically is not to come and be a disciple. Jesus said, go into all the world and make what? Disciples, right? He didn't say go out in all the world and give people an experience. Disciples, methetes, means disciplined learner. Learner of what? Of this. Right? So when you get saved, you need to become a disciple. That's in this, right? But that's not what it is. You basically, you go there and you play the music long enough until something like we saw in the videos takes place. And as we saw before, not to belabor, but part of the music that's being used today is purposely done in a repetitive motion and done repeated with repeated movement, whatever, which is ways to get people into an altered state of consciousness. And you're going to connect with something, but it doesn't mean it's the spirit of God. And that's what's being done. But again, where's this coming from? way back in the mid-1600s from Quakerism, okay? And it's still being repeated today with this phrase, God told me to tell you, right? Including from this guy, watch this. Have frank and open conversations with each other. I've done that with the Lord. I've had the Lord say, uh, Jesse, I've had God come tell me, he said, this is what I'm going to do. I've had the Lord say, what do you think about this? God has asked me for my opinion. I said, well, Lord, since you asked, maybe I'm doing it. He said, no, we can talk frankly. What do you think? I said, well, I don't think you ought to do that. He said, why you don't think I ought to do that? I said, well, you know, I, I know you know people more than I do, but you know, Lord, if you just let me, let me do a little bit more work on this individual, I think we can get them to you. He says, okay, go ahead. Do what you have to do. And I tell you what, the Bible says, he who wins souls is wise. Undoubtedly, you have heard people say this. Well, God has spoken to me and he's told me that you are to do such and such. Uh, Pastor, God has spoken to me and he's told me to tell you that our church needs to go this direction. 
and it is just ubiquitous out there in the evangelical world, whatever evangelical means nowadays, that God speaks to people in still small voices, maybe audible voices, dreams, visions, hunches, all of these things. And you hear this so commonly. Has it ever made you stop and wonder, what's wrong with me? You know, why don't I hear God speak to me that way? Is there something wrong with me? Is there something wrong with my relationship with the Lord? Do these people have a closer walk with God than I do? What's wrong with me? And if you have ever had those thoughts, I hope that this session will be an encouragement to you as we look at how God does and does not speak to us today. God gave me this clear vision. So I'm going to wait just a second for a few of you to log in. And then I'm going to just tell you what he showed me. And I believe that if you're watching this, it's because God specifically wanted you to hear this because you are chosen. And then God just, he just gave me this clear vision. And I know when he gives me visions because it's so clear and it's so accurate. Sometimes he gives me dreams and then I wake up and I begin to pray and I say, Lord, what did that mean? And he'll give me an interpretation. And sometimes he'll just show me images or, or pictures and then, you know, he'll tell me immediately what it means. So I want to preach for a moment and God told me to tell you this. It's always been in you. It's always been in you. Dear friends, if you want to hear God speak to you, there's one way I guarantee you, you will hear God speak. Read your Bible. If you want to hear God speak to you audibly, read it out loud. <laughs> it's almost too easy. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Right? But now since you opened up Pandora's box and you're getting off the scripture, including this is coming down to the church, and you get into demonic contact and you're saying, no, I need an experience, not the Bible. I don't need to become a disciple. Uh, you know, God told me to tell you I need to listen to this voice within, etc. blah, blah. It opened up to even more heresy. It moved to the next stage. It went from the basically the Quakers to the Shakers. Okay, and this is Ann Lee and the Shakers. Okay, and again, she's a subset, a break off. We'll get to the why in a second from the Quakers. So that's where we go. Uh, who apparently, maybe it was just me. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but I'm thinking uh, she might have been Darth Vader's mom when you compare the outfits there. Uh, or she might be of the uh, lineage of a uh, Klaus Schwab, right? Uh, the World Economic Forum guy who's uh, doing all kinds of satanic stuff. But uh, as you can tell, she does not look happy. Joy, 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 right? <laughs> Maybe it's because you're teaching heresy or whatever. But Anne Lee, this is now, we're into the 1700s. So we go from the 1600s down to the 1700s, the mid-1700s. Also known as Mother Anne Lee, she was a founder of the United Society of the Believers in the Christ's Second Period, also known as the Shakers, right? And her and a small group of followers immigrated from England to, here it is, once again, New York. I tell you what, a lot of sewage comes out of New York, literally. Uh, but uh, uh, that's a dark place still to this day. Uh, and, and things of that nature. But anyway, so she's there in New York. Uh, she watched this. She got, uh, was uncomfortable with sexuality, especially her own. She even had a repulsion, a repulsion towards sexual activity. She believed and taught her followers that it is possible to attain perfect holiness by giving up sexual relations. What did the Bible say in the last days? A couple of characteristics of uh, false teachers in the last days, signs that you're in the last days. People would what? Not only tell you to stop eating certain foods. Is that going on today? You will eat less meat, Mr. Klaus Schwab. Right? Uh, but also celibacy against marriage. So that's, for some reason, that's one of the demons inspired these people to teach. Shocker. 
Uh, and uh, so she did that. Uh, said, and, and by the way, that's, that's a works-based salvation of false gospel. So was this lady even saved? Right? Like her predecessors, she taught that, listen, the shaking and trembling, hence they're shakers, not just Quakers, right? Cause, uh, was being caused by sin being purged from the body by the power of the Holy Spirit, purifying the worshiper. How are we purified? Jesus Christ, man. Right? Not by... <laughs> she spoke of visions and messages from God. Again, we're totally off the Bible. Shocker. Claiming that she had received in a vision from God the mes- that the message of celibacy and the confession of sin are the, listen, only true road to salvation. Well, right there, if that's what you trust in, you ain't saved. Because that's works. Right? Uh, and the only way in which the kingdom of God could be established on earth which is another false charismatic teaching today that we need to clean up the planet, basically Christianize it before Jesus can come back. No, it's, he's going to come back when he's good and ready, right? Uh, it's not hinging upon us. She was frequently imprisoned for dancing and shouting and blasphemy. And she was chosen as the society's, quote, mother in spiritual things. And she called herself, watch this, and the word as in the word, as in like the word of God, that she was it, Right? After being released from prison a second time, witnesses say that Mother Anne performed a, a number of miracles and people even got healed. Well, it's got to be from God. No, not necessarily at all. Followers of Mother Anne came to believe that she, watch this, embodied all the perfections of God in female form and was revealed as the second coming of Christ. They considered her Christ's female counterpart. Right? But again, back to the names, we go from the Quakers to the Shakers. And they worshipped by, quote, ecstatic dancing and shaking, which resulted in them being dubbed the Shakers. And Anne Lee preached to pub the, the public and led the Shaker church at a time when few women were religious leaders. Again, should have been a guy, right? But again, you go shaking and whatever. And Good thing we don't see any of that today. Again, can anybody guess where it's coming from? Same place, folks. Let's take a look at that. It's just been relabeled for a new generation. We're looking at straight-up satanic manifestations of an, of an evil, unclean spirit. This, this Stacy Campbell lady, it is shocking what I'm about to show you. It's, it's a history of head-shaking and demonic activity. Now, they're promoting this. We're going to look at this. Her and her husband traveling the world, laying hands, shaking and hissing like snakes. It, it truly is disturbing. So now, if I want to get a word from God, I got to shake my head like that. I will only shake my head once to make the point. No, that's not how you get a word from God, right? But but somehow that's the spirit of God. No, that's the spirit, all right, but it ain't from God. But it's the same thing. Old package shakers—they were doing this in the 1700s, okay? But now you're off the Bible. You're seeking experience. You're not shaking and all this stuff. It opens up even more demonic behavior. It goes to this guy, Elias Hicks. Now again. Maybe it's just me, but I'm kind of wondering if he's not related to uh, Watto from Star Wars. Anybody remember that? Remember that? Was it just me? Was it just me? 
right? But I digress. Let's move on. Uh, but as you can see, he's not happy either, right? I don't know. I'm starting to develop a pattern here. When you preach heresy, uh, it doesn't lead to a happy life. Uh, but Elias Hicks, there he is. You can see there. Now we're into the 17 uh, mid-hundreds to now 1830 when he passed away. So we're moving on up, right? But he was, guess what? He was a part originally of the Quakers. So Ann Lee, she breaks off and she starts to shakers, right? So this guy, he comes from the Quaker uh, influence as well. But guess where he's at? New York as well. Long Island, a Quaker minister. He promoted unorthodox doctrines that led to much controversy at the time, caused a schism in the religious society friends, i.e. the Quakers. Shocker, right? You know how you have unity in the church? The Bible says be like-minded. Well, how does that happen? We've got different backgrounds, different thoughts, different whatever. Because when you're all studying the same source of truth, which there is only one source of truth right here, then guess what? You're going to come out the same. There's unity. If you just stick with this book, when you get off this book, no wonder you have so many different factions and splits and all that stuff. And that's what they did. Quakers got off. And so guess what? They, well, God told me to tell you. Well, God told me to tell you. Well, God told me, oh, hey, that's, I was shaking and I had a vision and we we're supposed to go this way. And, then, and that's why you get splits. Still happens to this day. Right. And that's what he did. So he split off. Right. And uh, and so then all of a sudden he was a gifted speaker, quote unquote, with a strong voice and dramatic flair. You should have seen his jackets. Uh, anyway, uh, he drew, quote, large crowds of meetings, sometimes in the thousands. Now, back in that day, that's a big feat. So it had to be from God. No, not at all. But he also was accused of shocker, because, again, you're off the Bible, and God told me to tell you an experience. I had the shaking. Right? Uh, he denied the divinity of Christ. He refuted biblical concepts like original sin. So again, based on what I'm sharing with you, I don't think this guy was even saved. He denied the Trinity, and he also denied the impossibility of falling from grace. In other words, he rejected eternal security. Well, what do you trust in? Your own works? Right? And he even rejected, quote, an external devil. Well, I wonder who put that thought in his head. Because you ain't going to get that if you read the Bible. But that's the problem. They're off the Bible. He never spoke of an eternal hell. Good thing churches do today. Yeah. Rarely, if ever even though that's what we're saved from. But he expressed the importance of the soul's union now in preparation for the realms of eternity and what he considered the, quote, true new covenant dispensation, an invisible inward covenant union with God. Blah, 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 blah. <sighs> he, and watch this. He saw that, listen, tradition, books, rituals, even the Bible itself hindered the light within. I wonder... This guy looked like that. Let's move on, shall we? But anyway, uh, and he stressed the importance of the inner light before Scripture. And Hicks considered obedience to the inner light to be the sole rule of faith and the foundational principle of Christianity. So in other words, I just live by this somehow voice supposedly inside me telling me that supposedly it's God, that God told me to tell you that. And that's it. That's what he taught. Which, of course, has led to Again, the same unfortunate practice today where people believe they are operating under God told me and this and that and but, you know, this and, and this is. Let me give you another example of this mentality. Uh, and it rhymes with Kenneth Copeland. You know why? Because it's Kenneth Copeland, right? Uh, remember when supposedly under the inner light of God, he put an end to COVID right when it first broke out. Remember that? 
Let's take a look at that joke again. In the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Standing in the office of the prophet of God, I execute judgment on you, COVID-19. I execute judgment on you, Satan. You destroyer. You killer. You get out. You break your power. You get off this nation. I demand judgment on you. I demand. I demand. I demand a vaccination to come immediately. Yes. I call you done. I call you done gone. You come down from your place of authority, destroyer. You come down and you crawl on your belly like God commanded you when he put his foot on your head in the Garden of Eden. You will destroy through COVID-19. No more. No more. No more. It. No more. Is. Finished. Finished. Yeah. How'd that work out for you? <laughs> By the way, what is that guy like a spiritual Ed McMahon? You got a little sidekick like the Johnny Carson show? Cause it is a show. I mean, he'd already taught so much false teaching still to this day for decades. I don't know why people even support that guy. Listen, to that guy shut him off. Right. But especially after this two years ago, and he's like, God told me to tell you, and I'm going to rebuke you. And it's gone. Well, guess what? It didn't happen. You liar. Oh, and by the way, if you commanded COVID-19 to be gone, why'd you demand a vaccine? Hello. <laughs> that makes sense. But apparently that was not just heretical, but and a total farce, but it was boring. And other folks decided to spice it up for us. Watch this version. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord. Someone put that in your ringtone. That thing's awesome. Yeah. 
Or if you've got that special friend who's involved in false teaching, that'll be... You know, but wait a second. He's doing it again. We saw in that last video, supposedly under the authority of God, the inner light, because God told me to tell you. You rebuke. And then you're doing it again. What's the matter? You don't have enough faith? But one more to go, and I think I've got to figure it out why apparently COVID didn't go away. And it had to do with Copeland again. Look what he was doing. This didn't help things. Watch this. COVID-19! COVID-19! When mean, oppressive, nasty diseases attack his people, George, the Prince of Peace takes his place. I messed us up. (laughs) (laughs) Stop spitting, dude. Whatever. No wonder it never went away. But anyway, that's right. The understatement of the year, I messed us up, right? Okay. But anyway, let's get serious. Back, uh, open up Pandora's box. God told me to tell you a neat experience. It's the light within, all this blah, 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 blah. You're completely off the scripture. Do you think it gets worse? Again, what are we talking about? Merging spiritualism, contact with demons, seeking demons to give us truth over the Bible. It goes even worse. It goes to this next group. Let's take a look at that. And this is Amy and Isaac Post, all right? So we're dealing now with the mid-1800s with these two folks. They were, quote, not just Quakers, and this is a, even a secular report of them, radical Quakers. How much more radical can you get, right? But again, guess where they're from? New York, this time Rochester, right? And uh, so they uh, uh, took into their home, guess who? The Foxesters. So now you're seeing people who are claiming to be Christians full-on merging with the occult. Do we see that in the church today? Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Okay, so they took this in, and because they uh, had apparently the Fox sisters, the ability to communicate with the spirits, so they introduced uh, uh, to their circle of, quote, radical friends, these Quakers, right, to the Fox sisters, i.e. spiritualism, and now we're going to slap some Christianese on it, and somehow it's going to be blessed by God. Isaac Post himself became an acknowledged quote, medium, and yet how can you say you're a Christian and medium? That's an oxymoron when God condemns it, Deuteronomy, right? In his 1950, or 1852 book, uh, Voices from the Spirit World being Communication from Many Spirits, uh, it was presented as spirit writings of eminent persons such as Benjamin Franklin and George Fox, who started the Quakers. So that's who was supposedly speaking through him as he's, no, you're right, it's a demon. So it's full-on demon. And again, this is not outside. This is in the church today. And it's led to the same thing where God told me to tell you, and through this experience, all of a sudden, the Spirit will touch me, and it's God speaking through me. And can you guess, once again, who is guilty of that heretical behavior? Here he is in action again. Watch this. And uh, give you a chance to raise your income. Praise God. You missed a place to shout right there that you need to get used to this now. <laughs> Glory to God. Of course, all of our offerings will go toward the outreaches of Kenneth Copeland Ministries and, and uh, especially Kenneth Copeland Ministries Canada. And it is, and, and the, the territories under which the Canadian office uh, is Shigamah. 
Tevrema humbo brevejdiishtu sin mahantetke. Inge undu uetke njandoshduk sishik pukukla namen vremeneshtu. Stelokla hamalana lelo lendilek inkren in stelest karatak. The movement of the Spirit of God that has been prayed over, called down, cried over, died over, sought after. Prophets have prophesied of it. it people have prayed, seeing it in the Spirit. But I'm here to tell you tonight we are in the first rains of a major flood. It has already begun. Amen. Now I said that by the Holy Ghost. No, you didn't. And I can say that very confidently because even if the gift of tongues which basically glossalia means languages, as in mother tongue. Acts chapter 2, when that did occur, okay, for the first time, we see the biblical pattern. The people from different countries heard them speaking in their own language. So if it's the biblical gift, bare bones minimum, it has to be a known language. That's called gibberish. And not to belabor what we did in the charismatic study, but we explained and showed and revealed gibberish like that, because that's not a known language. Gibberish 100% of the time comes from the occult. Hinduism, New Age, things that they all do that because it's demonic. Right? So, no, that was not the spirit of God. But again, people say, oh, man, that's incredible. Look what just happened. It just complete something came over him. And God told him to tell us and this. And he even gave the own interpretation of that gibberish. And yeah, he would have. If that wasn't flat-out chicanery, that guy's possessed, is my opinion that there. But, so you get down that route, you're off, totally out the Bible, and then all of a sudden, uh, I need an experience God told me to tell you, and it just keeps going. It goes even worse, and it goes to this guy. Now we're into Jesse Babcock Ferguson. Now we're into uh, upper 1800s. He passed away in 1870. He claimed to be, a quote, an American Christian preacher. I don't think so, as you're going to see here in a second. Who developed, watch this, spiritualist learnings. Now what's that? He merged with what? Translate spiritualist demons. Demon contact, demon behavior, things of that nature. Uh, while serving as a preacher at the Nashville Church of Christ. So again, another sector of the charismatic movement. Merging with spiritualism, i.e. demonic inputs. Uh, he edited a periodical. It was called the Christian Magazine. Well, it's got to be Christian. No. He drew large numbers into the church with his powerful preaching, leading, listen, to congregational growth and construction of a new church building. It had to be from God. Is what Copeland, just to use him as a recent example, uh, is what he's teaching from God? Absolutely not. On a multitude of levels. But they got a big building, and he's got a bunch of big houses and his own airport and a bunch of airplanes too, by the way. Doesn't mean it's from God. Ferguson later traveled to England, and then he runs into these guys. It's called the Davenport Brothers, right? Uh, he worked as their stage manager 
Uh, but they focused on, quote, spiritual phenomena. They basically toured the world. The Fox sisters had a great gig. They thought, hey, we can get in on this. And so they started doing all kinds of basically demonic activity and stuff. They're traveling the world. It was great entertainment. So this guy, the Jesse Babcock guy, he goes and becomes their stage manager, learns the tricks of the trade. But he's supposed to be an American preacher in the Church of Christ. Crazy. But that's what happened. He also became convinced of the, quote, eventual salvation of all souls. So everybody's going to get saved? No, that's the lie of universalism. We dealt with it before. Uh, and uh, so, again, I think this guy was a complete faker. Uh, and this merging of spiritualism, again, it's all about supernatural phenomena. That's why we're here, not to become disciples. It's all about for that latest supernatural phenomena. Something's going to happen. The spirit is going to break out upon us. And it's that phenomenon. That's why we're here. That's what we're bringing the crowds in. That's what... The same baloney is going on today. Let's give you another one uh, example, this one from Bethel. They do the same thing. Let's take a look. Most impartation that you've ever believed for right now, you're going to impart to each other. So you're going to take it, you're going to put it on somebody else's head, a watch, and then say, more, Lord. Whoa! More, Lord. Everybody, place. Place that anointing, that crown, that gift upon someone else's head. <laughs> Keep praying. Every single one of you, impartation, legacy, 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 legacy. Is it okay if I touch you? Is it okay if I lay hands on you? I'm talking to you. I saw a wave of worship. I saw a wave of worship hitting, hitting you. Yeah. I saw, I saw that there was no separation from worship in the church to the streets. Wow! You just saw, I just saw it. Whoo! It's this like extravagant, uncontainable worship. It's like a fire. Yeah, mama, we bless you. Mama, we bless you. I don't know, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's between the 500 legacies and the blessing yo mama. <laughs> I'm kind of thinking that's not from God. What a joke. Anybody see one of these around in there? Anybody teaching this in there? What's it all about? Spiritual phenomena. That's what it's all about. The spirit of God. It's the new wave, like Copeland said. They were in the last day of the flood. Yeah, a flood of heresy. Flood of demons. But because now you open Pandora's box, you're merging with full-on spiritualism, you call it Christians, you're completely off the Bible, it's led to another one, and that's this guy, William Stanton Moses. Uh, he claimed to be an English, quote, cleric, but at the same time, he was a spiritualist medium. So this guy full-on has merged completely, but somehow he's still a Christian, right? He promoted spirit photography and automatic writing. He also co-founded what he called the College of Psychic Studies. Now, if that sounds familiar, that's the same verbiage that Bethel calls Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. And you can be taught to do the things you just saw. Moses, uh, this guy, and again, he's supposed to be an English cleric, supposed to be a Christian. He uh, attended his first seance in 1872. Really? And then he continued to visit mediums and everything of that nature. Five months after his introduction into spiritualism, let's translate that once again. What is spiritualism? Five months after his introduction into contact with demons. 
And I quote, he claimed to have experienced levitation. The automatic scripts of Moses began to appear in his books called Spirit Teachings and Spirit Identity. Well, it's got to be from God said spirit. Moses endorsed also spirit photography, which we saw in our previous studies in the history section here, uh, was exposed as a fraud that was done by Harry Houdini on a massive scale. Uh, and, uh, and now uh, we have got this full-on merger with spiritualism in the church like this guy. So we've gone from just getting off the Bible and you're getting into weird practices and you're listening to demons and experience and shaking and then kind of half and half. Well, now it's just full-on with just maybe a sprinkle of Christianity or Christianese, should I say. And that's where we're at in the church today. Again, much of it from the charismatic community. To where we don't need to seek truth from the Bible. We just need, you know what we need? We need a Christian tarot card. You see, you think I'm kidding. I'm not. Here you go. Hi, I'm Ali. Right. What was your name? Daryl. Hi, Daryl. Um, welcome to Christ Alignment. So, um, anyone that um, does a reading hears from the spirit realm which exists outside of time and space. So we're hearing from the Christ spirit. Um, therefore, it's possible for us to hear about your past, your present, and your future. However, we don't like doing future predictions because it combines you to times, places, and events that you've got little control over or choice over. Um, it locks you into things. So here we're hearing from a higher realm that wants to empower your destiny and not control it. So does that make sense? Yep. <laughs> awesome. Um, so it's our goal to empower you from this third heaven realm. Um, and what I have here are the destiny reading cards, and um, they're going to reveal to you the gifting that you've been born with. Um, the gifting affects your relationships and your jobs, um, and it will also address uh, issues in your life which will empower you to make better choices in the future. Now, um, have you come with a question or a problem that you'd like a resolution to today? Maybe. Yeah, well, the cards can address that problem as well. And then yeah. at the end of that, we'll go into an encounter where you can get the answer okay. for yourself. Sounds good. Okay, great. So um, the way that it will work is that we'll get you to place the cards in order of um, most important up the top near me, mm. and then you put them down to the least important like that. So, right. yeah. Cool. So we'll start with these ones. Not the Bible. But let's go out there and evangelize the community with a Christian version tarot cards. But it's okay because they're destiny cards. Yeah. Crazy. This is from their website, New Christ Alignment. Christalignment.org if you want to go check it out. There's a bunch of heresy on there, obviously. They say, our cards lead the way. Notice not the Bible. It has nothing to do with the Bible. You can't come into your destiny until you take responsibility for your own life. We are so fortunate on the team to have been gifted by various intuitive and prophetic artists and photographers and who've allowed us to use their beautiful paintings to create our unique card sets. Yeah, straight out of the occult. Christ Alignment team can choose between seven different types of cards which have been made for us for our destiny readings. As we're all, listen, hearing from the third heaven realm. No, you're hearing from demons. Because that ain't God inspiring you to do this. Our artists, they say, are prophetic. And that means as intuitive readers themselves were able to connect with the spirit and their artwork and photography carries meaning and power to change lives. No, God's work can't. 
through Jesus Christ. And that's it. Right? Each image has been done through a direct connection to the third heaven realm. Now it's from demons. Team card readings are so accurate that many videos, we have many videos of clients who have been thrilled and amazed. And then they actually say this, and I had to put this on there. We don't use tarot, as in tarot cards. We make all of our cards both profound and personal. This is still wrong. It's still the same thing. It's nuts. But now you've gotten so off the Bible, off to this, you've got a complete now merging of spiritualism. And, can, and let me just balance this out. Can I tell you what's also equally dangerous? Not just the charismatic community that would promote a lot of stuff that we saw tonight. But what's the problem with the charismatic community? You're off the scripture. You're seeking experience. I don't need to hear from God. I need an audible voice and experience, a vision, all that stuff. And you can be duped by all that. But can I tell you something that's equally dangerous? It's even non-charismatic churches who refuse to teach the Bible. That's dangerous as well. And why you would support that is beyond me. You're going to be led astray. You won't know it because you're not in the scripture. You better run. But now there's a full-blown merging. We've had 30 years of most churches in the United States of America who refuse to teach the Bible. So we got a, a major illiteracy and or a lot of people going to church services who are not even born again. And so now there's this merging full on like this Moses guy with spiritualism to the point where maybe you don't want to do the charismatic destiny card thing because you know enough about tarot that that's bad enough. But you know what? If you go to Amazon, you can get this right now. You could get a new word from God. You could get direction for your life, not from the Bible. That's all, that's all, that's all. But from the Holy Spirit Ouija board. I wish I was kidding. Here it is. You may know about the Ouija board, but have you heard about the new talking board? That's right. The devil is in hiding. Now he's trying to use the Holy Spirit. Guess what? It's called the Holy Spirit board. Communicate directly with Jesus Christ. Here's a direct quote. Unlike other spirit boards, this one will never contact evil ghosts or demons so you can ask your questions with an assured sense of safety really let me just share with you a review left by a user of this um uh you know ouija ouija board not ouija board ouija board hallelujah i used to use a ouija board but after my home became infested with demons and ghosts i knew i had to turn to jesus not only has the holy spirit board made me a better person but now I can have the Lord tell me my fortune every day. Praise Jesus. The letters on this board are in the shape of an infinity sign. Jesus is still hanging on the cross on this as well. Now, um, here's the problem with that. Jesus has defeated the grave. Jesus is not on the cross anymore. But we'll get into more of that in a moment. He seems to be holding an upside down cross. Um, and whether it's coincidental or not, he's making some of the same hand gestures as the Baphomet, meaning as above, so below. 
to know that Satan masquerades as an angel of light and it's no wonder that his servants would do the same. But I have to be honest with you, my friends, I don't see any masquerading here. This is complete, blatant blasphemy and deception. God completely condemns divination. He is clear in his word not to practice it, not to consult it ever, interpreting omens, necromancy, um, any divination tool, fortune telling, psychic mediumship, any of that. Putting the words Holy Spirit on a Ouija board don't make it any less of a Ouija board. The Holy Spirit is not invoked or channeled ever. Not through a board, not through a seance, not through an automatic writing or any other tool of divination. The only thing or spirit you're invoking when you use a board like this is a demon. In the church. Now, honestly, even after I came across that, I, I, there was still a bit of me going like, no, come on, that's got to be a parody. I looked. It's available on Amazon. You can buy a Holy Spirit Ouija board. It's nuts. All because this isn't good anymore. I need experience. I need to feel good. It's all about myself. God told me to tell you. It's nuts. People think, oh, it's just a secondary issue. Why are you always harping on that? Because of this. Because this is the only book that we learn truth from and only the truth and nothing but the truth. And if you get off of this, you will be duped and led astray. And dare I say, you keep going, you're going to get back into demonic bondage. Because you got off the book. Or dare I say, you went to a so-called Christian church service that is either full-blown merging because you like the goosebumps on top of your goosebumps instead of the truth. Or you compromise by going to a church that refuses to teach all the Bible. And so you're not equipped. And you know what? They got their part in it because they're not doing it. But you got your part. My question has always been this. Why are you staying? Why are you staying? How could you support that? You need to run. Unfortunately, the next influx of spiritualism doesn't stop there in our history section. We've got one more to go in the history section. And that is, it went into the world on a massive scale. And that went into the New Age movement. Now, we've had a 12-part study already on New Age. For those of you who got all these memorized, <laughs> hey, pastors can dream, hello. Uh, but anyway, uh, so we're not going to do that whole thing, but we're going to probably start around in the 50s, 60s, okay, and take a look at when it really began to impact the world, this New Age movement, and it's full-on demonic practices, all the divination, all the occult paraphernalia, because that's all part of New Age, right? Uh, it's not only a, a branch off from early uh, Satanism and things of that nature, but it is full on about connecting with demons as a source of truth. We'll talk about Lord willing people like Shirley MacLaine. We'll talk about Oprah Wan Kenobi, the biggest New Age priestess on the planet. Again, we'll talk about Steve Harvey, who is also promoting that as well, and other people today who's influencing the world through this new age lie to get involved with demons. Lord willing, if we're still alive, it's still there. Uh, then we finally get into our first branch, voodoo. And how many guys think that we're going to be in voodoo for one week? Yeah, we'll be there for a while. Let's... Well, hi, this is Billy Crone of Get Life Ministries, and I hope you were blessed with this study. But in closing, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? 
Before you answer that, let me share a couple things that the Bible says. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not? And the wages of our sin or unholiness is death. In other words, we deserve to die and go straight to hell and be separated from God for all eternity. This is the great cosmic dilemma. God who is holy and we are not, how can we have a relationship with Him? The two will never mix. Now, to make matters worse, we don't even want to admit this, even though God already knows He's God. And so God, out of love, gave us something called the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were not something to just memorize or stick on your wall or give the appearance of being a religious person. The Ten Commandments were God's divine x-ray, if you will, into our heart and soul to reveal this truth that we need to admit. And that is this, that God is holy and that we are not. We are disqualified for heaven. So let's take a look at that divine x-ray that God's trying to get us to realize. Uh, the, the Ten Commandments, the, the ninth one says, you shall not bear false witness. That's lying. Okay. How many guys have ever told a lie? Raise your hand. Okay. Well, if you didn't raise your hand, you just did. You just told a lie because we've all done that. Well, that makes us a liar. The, another Ten Commandments says that you shall not steal. Don't ever take anything without permission. How many of you guys uh, have ever done that? Well, you guys already said you're a bunch of liars. All of our hands should have went up on that one. And for being honest, God already knows. Folks, we've all taken something. We've stolen something, right? That makes us a thief. Another Ten Commandments says that you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. He's not just holy. Even His name is holy. Hey, folks, let's be honest. If you can believe it, even the name of Jesus Christ uh, has been turned into a common cuss word. Well, the Bible says that's a sin of blasphemy. Now we're a, a blasphemer. The Bible says you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus said, here's his standard. Uh, uh, even if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you committed adultery in your heart. Wow, so now we're an adulterer. The Bible says you shall not murder. And you might think, well, hey, at least I haven't done that one. Really? Again, the Bible says that the sin of hatred, wishing somebody was dead, okay, that, that's the same thing. Uh, it's akin to the sin of murder. It's just you pulled the trigger in your heart, but God sees the heart. Hey, folks, that's just five out of ten. How are you doing? You still think you're going to get to heaven on your own? You still think that you're qualified, that you're holy like God, and you could bridge the gap and have a relationship with Him forever? I don't think so. I mean, what did we just see? You're going to stand before God, and so am I. We all are. And we're going to have to give an account for who we are. Hey, hey, God, let me in. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a liar. I'm a thief, I'm a blasphemer, I'm an adulterer, I'm a murderer. And the scripture is very clear, folks. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of God. We're in trouble. But folks, here's the good news. The Bible says that if we would just admit that, that's the first step. To admit that God is holy, that I'm not, I'm disqualified for heaven, I need a Savior. If we would admit that and then ask for the Savior to save us. That, that's what God was doing with Jesus. God gave us His Son, Jesus Christ. He took the death penalty in our place so that we could be completely forgiven of everything we've ever done and be made holy through Jesus so that we can now have a relationship with God both here and now and forever in heaven. We can become qualified. You, the, the word that the Bible uses is a word called pardon, that God is willing to pardon us of all of our sins and crimes that we've committed against him and disqualified us that disqualified us for heaven right and we've actually seen this work in real life uh, for instance uh, there's been people who have committed crimes gone to court 
The gavel's been passed. The judge has said, hey, listen, we all know you're guilty. Uh, you even admit you're guilty. And uh, for your crimes, you're going to not just jail, you're going to uh, await in jail to go to the death penalty. And did you know that there actually is a way that somebody could get off of death row? It's called a pardon. The one in the authority, the governor, can grant what's called a pardon for that person's crimes, and they literally can go free. Not because of something they did, because the deeds are already done, you can't undo it. Not because they tried to clean up their act while they were stuck in the jail cell, because that doesn't change anything. But simply out of mercy, the person who has the authority can give them a pardon, and they can go free. And did you know, it's actually on historical record, that there have been people who have been granted a pardon from the death penalty, and they've refused to take it. And so even though the offer was there to be set free, they themselves still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, in a nutshell, that's what God's doing every single day with all of us this side of heaven. While you still have breath, you still have an opportunity to receive God's pardon. He's willing to forgive you of all your sins if you would just receive his pardon through Jesus Christ. Again, that's what he was doing on the cross. The cross was the death penalty of the day. But since we weren't there, and since we can't earn it, it's a gift from God, you have to receive that by faith. Reach out even today from your own spiritual jail cell, if you will, and say yes to Jesus and God's pardon so that you can be set free and go to heaven. The Bible says that if you will confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the grave, you will be saved. Hey, folks, if that's you, don't delay. You may not even have tomorrow. Today could be your last day. Please accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Confess with your mouth He is Lord. Believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the grave, and the Bible says you will be saved. Well, this has been Billy Crone of Gill Life Ministries. If there's anything that we could do for you, our information and, and number will come up here shortly, and please don't hesitate to contact us. But remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.